This is Marco Reus and you're listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. of the Yellow Wall Pod. I'm your host, Stefan Butzko, yet again. And we are here to discuss Borussia Dortmund's two upcoming games against the last-placed VfB Stuttgart, who have a new coach. And then a very vital and exciting tie against Atletico Madrid, which will be sort of a litmus test for Borussia Dortmund, I guess. And I have two guests to discuss these two upcoming fixtures and here with me once again Konstantin Eckner from Spielverlagerung. Hello Konstantin, how are you doing? Hello Stefan, how are you? Very well, thank you. Even though that was the first non-answer for today. Strike one, Konstantin. All right, uh, how many strikes I am out? Uh, like three or so. Three, all know. right. I'm counting, um, I, get, I think I'm out in 15 minutes, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see. Uh, Strike one. Also here, Matthias Zug from Colorado. Hello, Matthias. How are you doing? I am doing well because 250 freaking episodes, man. That's that. You know, we got to take a quick minute and thank everybody for listening because 250 episodes is a lot. And unfortunately, everyone's busy, so we couldn't do anything super duper special. But we'll do that at number 500. I promise. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 500. Uh, yeah, we, we had a special guest lined up, but he bailed on me because he's on vacation in freaking Italy. So, um, yeah, enjoy. And, and there, there, there's no internet in Italy, so that's impossible. To Jesus, Constantine, when you're on vacation, you want to talk to the freaking Yellow Wallpot crew. People have things to do, like... Well, that, that, that's, that's on you because, you know, you just... Yeah. You know... Anyway, with that, strike two. All right, uh, celebrations for episode two hundred and fifty. Uh, and this episode, of course, is sponsored by Mike Howe, who ordered a Bristol Dortmund Stadium Collectors Cup, which I will send to him in the next few days. Thank you, Mike, for chipping in and pledging and supporting this show. And if you want a Stadium Cup, go to Patreon.com/slash/TheYellowWall and find more information there. In the meantime, as predicted by me personally, Stuttgart were the first team to fire their coach. Typhoon Korkut was sacked at the start of the international break, completely rightfully so, because Stuttgart are dead last. And so, Markus Weinzierl has been installed and he wants to go out on, on attack. At least that's what he said. He sees that this game is a big chance for Stuttgart. Konstantin, is this a big threat for Dortmund now that Markus Weinzierl has been installed at the helm of Stuttgart? Well, uh, Weinzierl himself is not a threat, but the threat is that <clears throat> um, it's always a little bit tricky uh, going up against a team that just uh, made a change 
uh, on the coaching position. So just just ask Cologne, who were top in the table in the second Bundesliga and then played last place MSV Duisburg, who just switched their coach, and Cologne lost at home to Duisburg. So there. Cool. Um, uh, all right. Thanks for whatever that was. Um, but it no, was a, par a possible parallel. <laughs> a possible parallel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know why we had to go down to the second Bundesliga because we have seen that uh, plenty of times in the past that uh, a team installing a new coach um, does at least well for a few matches. But on the other hand, um, Weinziel is not the kind of coach I would describe as um, the threat that you might see from other uh, types of coaches who are already aggressive and who know what they are doing. Because, I mean, going back to what Weinseal did at Schalke, I don't really know if he knows, if he knows what he's doing or what he, what he wants to do. Because, uh, at Schalke, when he was in George, he was all over the map. Um, and he tried out about 15 systems and 35 players or something like that. So, I don't know. Um, so with, with Korkut in charge, uh, for the past, what was it? 10 months or so. Um, Stuttgart played very defensive minded. And however, is, is, is Schalke the measuring stick for Weinzier though? Even Magic Tedesco is starting with five L's in this season. So maybe it's just that club. Ma he was doing okay at Augsburg. Magic Tedesco, where is that coming from? Yeah, he did well at Augsburg when uh, Daniel Bayer was coaching the team. Um, but, which is actually a rumor that's going, that has been going around for some time now. Um, just when, when Corpus was in charge for, for the past, whatever, t 10 months or so, um, they played very defensive minded, coming back to the point, and they, they had, they had success last season. Uh, I mean, they, they did. It wasn't, it wasn't like something, uh, to look at. And it wasn't something enjoyable, uh, what they were playing, but they, you know, they sat deep and had success with counterattacks. Ginchek and Gomez. Ginchek is, uh, gone and moved to Wolfsburg. Um, and this season, they just, they didn't make the next step. And that's really what's hurting them right now. That just Kokut stuck to this defensive system uh even with new players coming in with Gonzalo Cresto coming in he just he relied on on you know just defensive and being defensive minded and that didn't really work out and they they conceded too many goals and it didn't really have anything to offer uh, offensively in some of these matches some they had some success against Werder Bremen or against Freiburg offensively but in other matches like, like the one um At, at Leipzig, for instance, they were just not there offensively, and there was nothing. They, they didn't offer anything. So, um, I don't know. I mean, Weinstein can try something out and maybe uh, bring in a few more attacking players. Stuttgart has a has a quality squad, I think, comparatively um, compared to our teams in the you know, mid-table region. Um, highly talented, a little bit not not as balanced as it should be, especially in the ringer positions, but. Um, It's not like there aren't any tools uh, for Weinzel to work with, but I don't really think that Weinzel is the is the coach who will uh, use these tools effectively. Yeah, maybe this is why um, Korkut has played the the Christmas tree a couple of times, just because they do lack wingers, and with the Christmas tree formation, you sort of only have your your fullbacks that run down the wings, and and yeah, the midfielders are then tucked into the middle. Um, Matthias, I really would 
agree here with uh, Constantine saying that quality-wise, and if you just read the names, um, Stuttgart are actually a fairly good team. I mean, uh, the old guy Gonzalo Castro is sticking around there, who I think can play formidably, doesn't do so often, Pavar, world champion, but now in a crisis of form. Um, however, if I see names like, like Bartstuber also, Gentner, Askazibar, Castro, Gomez, yada, yada, yada. I don't see a lot of pace. Do you think this is going to be for Stuttgart their, their downfall that they just won't be able to keep up with Dortmund pace wise? Um, so a few things. I agree with you on paper, at least. It's a very good squad. Uh, I'd actually say it's at least a Europa League squad. Um, held back by a Regionalliga manager in the past. Um, so, uh, and, and that may be doing the Regionalliga a bit of a disservice. Uh, wow. For <laughs> uh, international listeners, the Regionalliga is the, um, third division. Fourth, fourth, fourth division. Fourth. Fourth, Used to be. God, get out of 2005. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously pace is an issue. Pace is something that Dortmund have clearly. And so, yeah, I mean, this is something I would definitely try and exploit if I was, um, Monsieur Favre. If you can is going to be the question. I mean, how will Weinzel, how will Stuttgart set up? Will they basically let Dortmund come at them and they sit deeper and they're going to want to jump on the counterattack? Or will Favre set up in a way to allow Stuttgart to have more of the ball so it opens up the spaces to exploit with Dortmund's pace? That's going to be the really interesting thing to see because on paper, Stuttgart are very, very good. They're obviously solid defensively, uh, despite Pavad not scoring uh, against Germany with a half volley from outside the area. So obviously he's slipping in form compared to the World Cup. Um, yeah, it, it's a hard one for me to see in the sense of I, I, I'm not calling this the trap game that Augsburg definitely was. And I was proven 100 percent correct. Uh, I think this is 100 percent correct. Um, not in scoreline, but in overall concept. I think this is a, a manageable victory for Dortmund, uh, especially because Weinzel, though better than Korkut, it's just not enough time yet, and it's probably the right time to play against them with the new manager because I think the new manager bounce usually takes a couple of weeks before it comes. Well, you, you never know. Sometimes the new manager effect is, is quite drastic, let's say. Um, and sometimes you just have bad luck. Uh, defender makes, mis make, make mistakes like Mark Bartra the last time Dortmund visited in Stuttgart. That game didn't go all too well, even though Dortmund actually played a very good first half. Um, but still ended up losing two to one. Um, Constantine, we were already discussing this a little bit pre-port. So, um, if we talk about what Weinzier will do. Do you think that he absolutely has to come out all guns blazing? Or do you think that he can afford to sit back with that team against Dortmund? No, not really. Um, just that the recent weeks have shown that usually you have to uh, attack and pressure Dortmund uh, and then you have success or else you don't. And Stuttgart, I mean, this season they had that trouble sitting deep against the likes of Mainz. So I don't see how they will have success against Dortmund, who's just that talented um, in the front four. And also, if you allow 
Witzel or Delaney or Dahoud or Weigel to get basically uh, ball possession in the middle of the park without even you know, pressuring them. Um, then even these center midfielders who have some or are sometimes struggling because uh, you know when they are under, under pressure and, and don't have any space and can't turn around and and find the right uh, passing options, then then sometimes they are struggling. But if they don't. If, if there isn't any pressure applied on them, then uh, they can play their you know vital passes beautifully. And um, so, no, that doesn't work against Dortmund. Just too tel- talented. Um, and I don't see any team in the Bundesliga, or then maybe I don't know Bayern Munich sitting deeper. I don't think that will happen. But um, that they really ha- would have success against Dortmund with a very defensive and passive um, te- tactical approach. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think if you analyze the recent games of Dortmund, that must be the conclusion. So, Matthias, from a psychological standpoint, do you think that Stuttgart will come out with this nothing to lose attitude, maybe, and, and hence press Dortmund? Or do, do you think that their self confidence right now is so low, being bottom of the league, having the fourth worst attack, the fifth worst defense? Um, just that they might just not have the courage to press Dortmund because Dortmund right now are the first team and you can always see how how quickly they can combine and, and, and shred you to pieces if you are not 100% there with their pressing. So do you, do you think psychology from, from, from that standpoint that uh, Stuttgart can will actually come out attacking? Do you think they have like this fresh start phase? I know it's just a little bit speculation, but... Have a crack at it. I don't think so. Um, you know, I mean, as far as nothing to lose, they have everything to lose. They're bottom of the league. The pressure's high. Much was expected of them. I uh, can't forget just a couple of seasons ago, they actually got relegated. And I don't know how many relegations Stuttgart can survive, given that I'm sure they also spend a good amount of money overall. Um, yeah, it's nothing to lose in the sense that no one expects them to beat Dortmund. But the pressure is still there. Uh, the negative playing results and, and the pressure from fans and the media is definitely there. So I think it's not a nothing-to-lose type mentality. Will they play more positive than they did under Kokut? Well, yeah, but that's not really that hard, uh, given who Kokut is as a bad manager. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, j- just to beat the dead horse a little bit more. Um <laughs> No, I mean, obviously they're going to play better than they did before. They can't really play that much more worse, can they? Um, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I think Weinzel is better. I think he can he can pinpoint the issues better and actually play more positively. There were opportunities in the matches, uh, the few that I did watch this season of Stuttgart, where it was they were held back by their manager, not by the quality of the play. They could have done more. They could have taken control of matches and they could have gotten more points, but for some reason, okay, I know the reason, but Kokut decided to hold them back and yeah, they're going to play a little bit more open. Are they going to come full all guns blazing at that one? I don't think so. I think that would be slightly suicidal given the, uh, uh, the acceleration and pace issues or matchup issues they have with Dortmund in that regard. Well, my my uh, approach is that I think that 
not playing an aggressive style against Dortmund is equally suicidal, if if not even worse, because if you give them time, possession, and all these things, they will at some point just surgically remove your confidence by scoring a gobsmacking amount of goals. So, um, yeah, there. But obviously, it's uh, an away game. It's after an international break. You don't know in what kind of form and shape the players are in. And maybe we should switch um, our focus a little bit over to the black and yellows now and um, have a look at that very injured defense. Um, that news that Manuel Akanji will miss three weeks wasn't uh, received well by fans because, at least in my view, he was the most important guy in that backline so far as uh, sort of the leader and then and, and captain of that back four. He's going to miss, I think Favre said today, seven game that would uh, seven games that would include the match against Bayern Munich and of course the uh, double header against Atletico. So that's a painful loss. Imatopak uh, luckily is 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 back, but also no Marcel Schmelzer. I think he has knee problems. Didn't train yet, and uh, Favre even went as far as saying that Achaf Hakimi is stopful just because of the the traveling strain. And um, yeah, so Akanji had the most minutes so far for Dortmund, nine hundred and thirty, just tied with Berkey, Played every single minute. So, Matthias, do you think that in hindsight Favre should have rotated or do you think there was just no chance to give Akanji a break as I think he said himself at today's press conference? No, I don't think there was really much option given uh, how thin the squad is at the back at the moment. Um, he he did what was best at a time and I wouldn't second guess him for that. Obviously now... Uh, kind of paying the price as far as recruitment goes to get an extra defender, flexible defender. But when you look at it on paper and you say, hey, we've got four central defenders, we've got two right backs, two left backs. Do we really need to bring anybody else? Well, obviously, if, you know, four or five of those players are all out. You know, anybody would have a hard time. And so I'm, I'm not going to second guess Fava on, on a rotation, uh, especially with Tupac's injury and stuff like that. So uh, I'm okay with it in the sense of it's, it's nobody's fault. You know, this kind of stuff can happen. Hopefully, um, the solution works. Uh, obviously right now it's looking like what Zagadou and Diallo, uh, pairing up together. I don't know how much time they've spent together paired up as two left-footed central defenders. Um, and then obviously you got to look and see who you're going to put out left. I, it, I do not envy Favre when it comes to figuring out what to do given the high amount of matches still to come and how thin the cl- uh, the team is right now defensively. So I guess I'm just going to throw that hot potato over to Constantine. So do you think that maybe Diallo will play on the left? Back spot again, and Zagadou and Toprak in the middle, and Pischek on the right. And do you think that's a functional backline? Um, yes and no. All right, cool. Uh, back to you, Matthias. <laughs> do you think that's a functional backline? And if so, why not? No, because uh, no, because I don't. I don't think that uh, Toprak is fit yet. You know, and uh, if he were fit to play a full ninety minutes. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I would be a little bit nervous with a Toprak 
Zagadou pairing, to be honest. I would much rather see Diallo and Toprak um, if I had my choice. So, no, I don't think it's the best defensive line, back line. Uh, is it enough for Stuttgart? Probably. Is it enough for the opponent a few days after that? Absolutely not. Yeah, maybe. I don't I don't know. I think uh, Marius Wolf is also doubtful, but I was already like thinking about playing him as a fullback and then going back three uh, or as, as, a, as a wingback and having, I guess, Diallo, Zagadou and, and, and Pischek. Don't, don't really think that's a much better option, but what you're going to do and who's going to play as a left fullback or, or wingback then rather. I don't know. Decisions, decisions. I don't want to be in uh, Favreau skin right now looking at, at the defense. Um, just not looking good. So, Konstantin, how do you think that backline is affected by Akanji being out? Because so far we had Diallo and Zagadun lined up next to him. And I want to say it was kind of a luxury to have two players there that can build from the back nicely. How do you think that will change now? I mean, Toprak isn't the worst, but can he play? Will we see Tolyan? What do you think are the ramifications for yeah, well, Akanji? I mean, I, I, I mean, Akanji was the most reliable uh, defender. Uh, I mean, he, he made the least mistakes. Um, Diallo committed a few mistakes. Um, so he, he didn't look as, as stable as, uh, yeah, as, as perfect as Akanji looked in some of these matches, at least. Um, so I think it's a big blow for, for the team, for the defense. Uh, not only because Akanji is a, is a you know well-equipped uh, build-up player, but, but also because he is he was the most reliable or is the most reliable defender. Um, and w when you look at the likes of Hakimi, Piszczek, Sagadu to some extent, or even Diallo, I mean, you see that that every one of them makes mistakes here and there, and Akanji doesn't. Um, and that's I, I think in terms of build-up play, yeah, you can you can work around it a little bit. Um, Toprak. I think he, he, he has the potential to be a good build-up player, but he doesn't have the confidence often enough. And coming back from a, from a long injury, not really in the, uh, being part of the team right now. Um, I don't really think he has the confidence to make these, these short dribbles and make these somewhat risky passes, um, into the, into the second third or even the, the last third uh, of the pitch. So, um, you can work around it a little bit by dropping. Uh, Witzel in some in, in some situations or even Delaney, um, but since the midfield is is weakened in almost every match or let me t in almost every first half of every match, uh, um, so that doesn't really help you when you when you let one of your uh, midfielders drop back because then there's one left um, and usually they have they have pro issues when they when there are two midfielders uh, in the in the in the middle of the park so. Um, yeah, it, it definitely hurts them on both sides of the ball. Uh, but I think particularly, uh, defensively, because just Akanji is, is the type of defender every, every coach wants to have. It's just, we will talk about Atletico later. It's just the Diego Godin type of defender. Just very little, a, a, a little number of mistakes, you know, over the course of a season. And that's what you want, uh, in your defenders and, uh, in your goalkeepers as well. Yeah, sure. Matthias, do you think that uh, because Favre wants to protect his uh, backline a little bit more, we will see the good old Delaney Witzel double pivot? Oh, no. I wanted to ask Matthias, but go ahead. 
No, I just said, oh no. It's just, <laughs> I was in the background saying, oh no. All right. So, oh so, no. So, Matthias, also a uh, follow up oh, no. question to that. Do you think that Weigel offers defensive stability for Dortmund at all this season? That's a very good question, Stefan. Thank you for asking me. Um, <laughs> that's welcome. <laughs> no, it's an interesting question just because I had that discussion with, with some acquaintances when it comes to Germany and, and what they're going to do. And if Weigel is a viable option next to someone like Kors, and I said only if you really want to be slower than molasses. Um, I... <sighs> You know, can he, obviously he has in what was it? We're two seasons removed from his amazing season now. Um, under Toche, drop back into the back line and, and offer some stability there to a certain degree coming from that, uh, sixth position. I honestly, personally, as much as it pains me to say, I think Witzel Delaney would offer a bit more stability at this point from my side as far as trust goes. I, I need to see more from Weigel, um, a few more matches to have full confidence back in him at this point. Well, if if I want to say one thing that actually speaks for the Delaney Witzel double pivot, even though uh, Konstantin is uh, feeling how his face is melting away right now. Um, if you go up against uh, Gonzalo Castro in midfield, then um, you can press the hell out of that guy because we all know that Gonzalo's uh, Castro pressing resistance is just a non-thing. And he also likes to hide in the cover shadows, as we all know. So... Um, It's not like he will, from the number eight, ten, or six spot, uh, inflict a lot of damage against these two players. So that's at least one positive. But I also not sure how um, this game would look like when you have Delaney and Witzel on the one hand, and then Askaziba and and Genna and, and Castro on the other hand, and in, in the midfield of three. Um, so maybe if we talk about Someone who had a really good performance away to Stuttgart last year, I think, was best player on 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 the field. That is Mario Götze. I don't know if any one of you has uh, watched that final win against Aachen recently, but uh, Mario Götze looked very lively yet again. Um, that was actually very positive from from him. Very, I, I guess, dynamic. Something we have not really said a lot about him, but. Um, I guess his uh, little cameo against Augsburg was very promising. So, Konstantin, once again to you, do you think that by now, after that positive result against Augsburg and maybe a positive performance in, in, in a friendly, do you think that Mario Götze could occupy that number eight space going into this game? Or do you think Favre will just stick to, I don't know, four, four, two or four, Two, three, one, where it's just not that number eight spot for, for Götz and he doesn't want to play him in the number 10 or so. Yeah, I, th I think, uh, Fafa won't change or won't make any substantial changes. Um, meaning that Royce will probably play as a number 10 unless he's, he's injured or something. Uh, he had an injury and, uh, didn't travel to the German team, but, um, you know. Favre these, cleared him today. That's all. Yeah, yeah, you know how it is, how it, how these things work out. You know, international break and injuries, and sometimes it's very, 
unfortunate. It's unfortunate that he was injured for the for the um, and couldn't play for a national team. Very unfortunate. Um, I'm not sure what you're trying to imply here, Constantine. <laughs> uh, nothing. Nothing. It, it's called uh, Schweinsteigering. Um, uh, so yeah, I think Royce will play, especially if uh, Farfetch decides to finally give Paco Alcasa his uh, first starting eleven. Uh, appearance. Um, uh, wrong. He already did that against Monaco. Really? Yeah. If he if he if he gives uh, Paco Alcázar his first starting eleven appearance in the Bundesliga, um, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, then I think it's it's somewhat necessary to have uh, a guy like Royce or I don't know someone else, but but you know the, the type of player that Royce is uh, in in the shadow of Alcázar because Alcázar works best. When he is, you know, and he has someone next or behind him, a secondary striker. Uh, basically, he is the, he is the reverse, uh, Chris Mong. We will talk about Chris Mong later. Um, so, so I don't think there's, so there's, many there's a, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't, I don't think there's really a, a spot for Götze unless, uh, Farfra does the unthinkable and, uh, gives him, uh, basically a spot in the, on, on the, on the double pivot, uh, or as, as a center midfielder next to Witzel or something like that. I don't think that will happen. So, no, it's, it's again Mario Götze from the bench coming on in the 17th minute. Yeah, maybe this is exactly where Dortmund can once again strike because I've, I've checked and, uh, Stuttgart in the uh, final 15 minutes have not scored a goal and, and have uh, conceded five goals, which means they're tied with Eintracht Frankfurt as, uh, the, uh, defense that has conceded the most goals in the last 15 minutes. So comparing that to Dortmund, who have obviously scored scored i think 14 goals and with that more than half of their goals after after the uh, 75th minute mark um maybe there will be again time for dortmund to really turn on the afterburners and and blow stuttgart away um matthias especially after an international break i think that's something very possible right and i also don't think that the, the the good substitution and in-game coaching will just fade away from Favre, especially not against Weinzier. No, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly there. I think uh, the international break actually uh, plays in Dortmund's favor overall. And as such, certain players, you already referenced one, Mario Götze, and also, of course, Marco Reus, who was, like Konstantin said, unfortunately... Um, severely injured to not be able to play for Germany right then. Um, I think that helps. You know, a little, little, little sidebar here, but how good is it for Royce that he didn't have to endure that shit show? You know, that oh, would have killed his, his mojo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The, you know, initially you're always like, why aren't there more Dortmund players playing for Germany? That was maybe three, four, five, six years ago. Now it's like, thank God no Dortmund players are playing for Germany. <laughs> Because <laughs> otherwise their morale would be completely in the crapper. Um, I mean, I, 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 I the morale is, is uh, you know, is is done after after matches or they are injured. Uh, just look at Boateng; he, he had to to I don't make about five thousand runs against uh, the Netherlands, and then he was obviously injured. Yeah, did you see that um, little close-up shot of him uh, just putting uh, water on his abductors because he had to run so much? They were just running hot. That's well, probably that, his, his engine was running hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but hang, yeah. I you know you, you got a feel for that guy. You know that wasn't really a nice game for him. Obviously, he then 
didn't play against France as expected because that probably would have uh, resulted in a muscle rupture somewhere. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, um, Matthias, if you still remember what you were, uh, what you was getting <laughs> at, please continue. The word we're looking for is anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, let's, let's get this thing back on the tracks. Um, I actually totally lost my train of thought. No, the, no, I think it plays in Dalton's favor. I think they're going to come out um, fresh and ready to go, knowing who their next opponents are. I think this is actually a, a good overall test. And I, I don't expect... I mean, if Gutsa plays, he's not going to play for the full 90. I don't expect Royce to play for the full 90. I don't expect... Uh, Paco Alcácer to play for the full 90 um, nor will they probably have to to be honest and and that's good it gets them back into the rhythm of the Bundesliga and uh, proper competitive matches even though obviously Paco scored again uh, because he only needs a few seconds before he scores goals apparently um, so he's definitely in a good rhythm uh, thankfully with Spain despite their result against England but I think that'll all all play in their favor Oh, let's not even go down that rabbit hole right now. Um, no more side so, push, Stefan. Shut no, up. <laughs> no. Yeah, let's forget. Nations League sucks. Um, but anyway, I, like the Nations League go away. I actually do. I, you know, honestly, I really do. For the first time, I actually give a crap about these these games. Um, but hold on, we got to stay on track here. It's good for Dortmund. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway. All right, so um, I, I guess we can actually move on a little bit. And so, as you said, uh, Paco Alcasa will start, and I think we can all agree on that uh, to be a very likely scenario. And I just don't see why not. Um, especially, it, it's kind of sad, really, that he he lost his uh, flawless record of uh, every shot on target being a goal. I think I, I don't know if if a player ever did that. That ten shots on target in a row all hit the back of the net that's just an amazing run and people will point out yeah he had the penalty but in stats land uh, if the ball hits the post or the 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 bar then it's not counted because it's not it's only on target if it goes in i hear so um that's why they kept the record apparently anyway so um it's time for predictions and uh dear listeners of the yellow wall pod know by now that i'm collecting these uh precious match day flyers on uh, home games where you can uh, unfold them or unfold them and you will get a poster i think in the a3 Dean R3 format. I've got a million ones with Manuel Akanji. And then I've got Roman Birki Alcasa, of course. And yeah, I think that's it. The Marco Royce one went to Bangalore last week. Um, or two weeks ago, because no one predicted that fought three win against Augsburg, obviously. So, um, just a heads up that, uh, you guys out there have another chance to get mail from me if you get the prediction right, which you can leave on Twitter or Facebook. So thank you. And with that, Matthias, you now have the honor of going first in our little prediction game, which we don't keep score, but only gloat the next week if applicable. So go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for a, I'm not going to say comfortable because Stuttgart are competent, but I still feel at the end of the day, it will be comfortable. A 3-0 victory for Borussia Dortmund. All right, a conservative 3 nothing prediction by Matthias. Now on to you, Konstantin. Yeah, um, considering what happened uh, 
during Dortmund's last match, I'm going for a 5-4 for that. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm actually a little bit more conservative because I, I think this is going to be a slugfest and I think Dortmund will edge it maybe 3-1 to one, or maybe maybe just 2-1. to one. I don't know, something like that. That's not a slugfest compared to a, my 5-4. Uh, by the way, four goals for Stuttgart scored by Mario Gomez. All uh, of them. All right. So uh, if anyone's out there playing the Mario Gomez button, I will personally come to your house and beat you um, because I hate that thing. It's, it's basically the uh, the end of Clerks 2 is going to happen to you. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, stick to my 3-1 three, three, prediction, but I think it's going to be ugly, and I think um, Stuttgart will rough Dortmund up, so um, who knows who will actually get out in one piece in that game because Dortmund, uh, Stuttgart are always a little bit nasty against Dortmund. That's the perfect segue, I guess, to Atletico Madrid, who right now are third in La Liga in Spain and uh, come to town on Wednesday. I'm Pretty excited because for Dortmund, that's really the first litmus test. That's the big, biggest and best team they have played or will play this season so far. So, Matthias, since you are um, sort of a... Are you a fan or just sympathetic to, to Atletico? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a fan. Um, uh, many, 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 far too many years ago, uh, when as young teenagers, everyone was watching Spanish football and they were like, Oh, I'm going to be a Real fan. I'm going to be a Barcelona fan. I picked Jesus Hill y Hills Atletico. And of course, one, one rabbit face. Yeah. One, you know, one, won the title in 96. So that worked out. Not. Not too much longer after that, and though. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, so I, I do like them also simply because they occasionally mix things up in a rather two horse race league. Um, at times, I'm a little frustrated by Atletico because I think they can play significantly more positively than Diego Simeone lets them because they have a ton of talent, attacking and creativity wise, but. He tends to hold them back, but not in a Korkut way, in a good way. Um, sorry, wow. just had to get had to get one more jab in there. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure the uh, umpire he already called a technical <laughs> KO. But, okay. Yeah, yeah, probably you know ejected at that point. But um, I I think it, I don't get a lot of. La Liga now anymore because I don't have BN Sports. I'm one of those dirty cord cutters. Um, but what I do see from them so far this season has been typical Atletico impressive. And I'll be honest, I fear for Dortmund in this match a lot. Rightfully so. Um, Constantine, after Stuttgart, I think we all have a, a right to be very negative. So um, why is Dortmund taking the first L of the season on Wednesday? Um, I don't think so. All right, you you, you sounded very downbeat in the in the pre-pod. You uh, thought that Atletico were very no. strong. Or, or was it no, 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 no. What what I what I meant was that uh, Dort I, I think uh, at home Dortmund could draw uh, with Atletico. The thing is, there might be a few a few injured players afterwards. So, <laughs> um, 
Although uh, Diego Costa is injured right now, so that's good news for the defense. He might be ready to go against Dortmund. Who knows? He wrote. I don't think he will, he will play against Villarreal uh, at uh, on the weekend. Now, next match for Atletico uh, is at Villarreal. So, but yeah, that's it's a tough one because you know uh, Atletico has this uh, style of, of football where they might beat you but they will definitely hurt you um physically so um you know you, you get some bloody bloody up socks and some you know broken bones or torn ligaments who knows um so that, that's that's the thing with atletico uh, that's i mean Simeone was the kind of player right i mean he was was somewhat decent as as a as a footballer but he was quite tremendous as a kind of you know guy who gets in your face or breaks your somewhat Something. Um, I think Atletico this season is not as as good as they they were or they have been in the past in some other seasons, especially when they reached the Champions League final twice. Why not? Uh, why not? Because I mean, they under Simeone they have co- continually, continuously uh, um, struggled in possession, but this season is is much more severe than it was in the past. Um, in some matches, they just look. Out of the water, uh, and when, when they are pretty much forced to, to play or to have the ball and to do something. Um, that's why you see matches like the last one against Real Betis where they play at home in the Metropolitano and they had like 35% ball possession or something because they just forced the opponent right there at the moment just to have the ball, uh, because they don't, can do anything. Um, Gabi is gone. He now plays in the Middle East. Oh no! Yeah, I, I think so. He, he moved to Al Sadd because he, he's 35 now and wants to make some money before he retires. They they introduced Rodrigo into the center midfield. He plays alongside uh, Saul Niguez. Talented players, Coca the same, but most of them feel f- f- far more comfortable in the counter pressing system, um, turnovers in the in the middle third, and then just you know passing it forward and getting Chris Mong and, and Diego Costa involved. That's just that's just what what. Uh, Atletico does and what they what they do or what they have done for years now, um, and that's why I think they might hurt Dortmund and they might score one or two goals after turnovers. But I also think that they uh, will concede against Dortmund because what Atletico does, what what they tend to do is um, that they that they in, in some phase of the game because that's what Simeone does. He, he structures the, the game in certain fifteen minute, twenty minute phases. And, and he changes, changes the rhythm of his team and, and, and high, the, 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 the height of the la, of the first pressing line and stuff like that. And what he, what he sometimes does is that he, he basically orders them to, um, or he, he gives the command to, that they have to sit deep. And sometimes they, they sit so deep that they have, they have, they don't have a chance to, to create any counterattacks because they are pr- pretty much stuck in their own half. And that's when you can hurt Atletico because then they don't have any situations where they can get out and can get some relief. And, you know, they, they get, they get really tired. They get tired really fast. And that's usually when you can uh, score against them because they don't, they don't can, they, they can't defend any or every situation in their own box and you will score after all. And that's when, when they sometimes give matches away. What they also, uh, they, they lost one this season. They threw twice, I think. Uh, once against Real and uh, two hour matches, um, they threw, so that's why they are only third in, in the league. Um, and I think that you can, you can score against them right now. Um, 
they need some twists and turns in terms of ball position and uh, Simeone ha- hasn't done these twists and turns or, uh, at, a, at this point so that's why I, I think uh, Dortmund has a chance to at least uh, get one point and that would be crucial in the group um, to, to advance to the next stage Yeah, Matthias, you've already to draw that proverbial L into the air here. But um, nevertheless, I want to ask you, um, Konstantin just talked about their defensive structure. And do you think it's an advantage for Dortmund that they do not have that uh, number nine that just sticks up front and waits for service, but rather with Alcacer and, and, and Royce and, and overall a very dynamic attack that is very elusive? Um, do, you, do you think that's... Uh, especially Atletico, are susceptible to that kind of attack? Or do you think that they have figured it out playing reg- relatively relatively uh, often against Barcelona? No, I think that definitely plays to Dortmund's advantage. If they're going to get something out of this, that's the way to do it because you have a hope, maybe, of pulling some players out of position, opening up gaps, even though, of course, this is an extraordinarily well-drilled defensive unit. Um, and also the players in front of the back four will sit pretty tight and deep. So you gotta, you've got to go through eight people at least. Um, and this is, in my opinion, the only way that it can happen in any way. You know, battering ram ain't gonna work because they're gonna always batter the hell out of you. Um, and so adding some, some pace to it, that's the key thing. It's not just the movement. It's not just the movement off the ball. It's also the pace behind everything that will be key and you have to be sharp. Um, I, I think they have a better chance now with a player like Alcacer or somebody like that in there than they would have had with Aubameyang or Bachuay, to be honest. I think this is, if they're going to get something, this is probably the best opportunity for it. But again, uh, the, defensively for Dortmund is where I then have my concerns because you are facing Antoine Griezmann, who is a little bit okay, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he he's got that sort of freak header against Germany, and yes, we all know it. It wasn't a header; it was his head deflected the the cross pass by Hernandez. All right, yeah, I think we we can still write it down as a header, but I I, I see your point, Konstantin. It was sort of uh, he didn't see the ball coming or going into the net; it just happened to him. It just hit his head. So yeah. Anywho, so um, yeah. So that's an issue. Um, Konstantin, do you think that Dortmund are susceptible against Atletico on the uh, counter-attack? Because what we saw against Augsburg was not really pretty at all. So do you think it's going to be much, much worse against Atletico? Or do you think that uh, Augsburg uh, are even more aggressive and, and playing further up front than Atletico would? I, I think it will get worse uh, to some extent, but also Atletico, they, they create a lot of counter-attacking situations, but they don't score regularly from counter-attacks, or they, they have sometimes, they, they struggle to finalize these situations, to, uh, these you know, to really get a shot on target and not just something. Um, I call Cost- it the Timo Werner, Werner effect. Right, right, yeah, yeah, great point, actually. Um, or the Young Min Song uh illness also um well that doesn't work against Dortmund though that's like his superpower all right 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 that's the one team he scores uh all the time 
luckily he's now in the Premier League. Anyway, back on track. <laughs> uh, was that my second non-answer? Is the second strike? Uh, I have to leave now. Um, no, it's fine. It's fine. All right. <sighs> Pity. Um, so, especially Diego Costa hiring. Diego Costa is great at, at, you know, basically getting separation from opponents or getting his body between the ball and the defender. Uh, but something he's just stupid stuff or he, he is a little, he looks a little bit lost uh, out there. Um, and Chris Mong is the same. Like Chris Mong as, as a sole striker is like horrible. Um, that's why he's always a secondary striker. That's why he has to play behind Kalinic or, or Costa or behind Giroud in the national team. Um, because as, as the set of forward, he's just not, he's just useless. Uh, but he's a Maximilian Philip type of player, you were saying. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but he, t- he turns into world class, uh, once he has someone, uh, like Dio Costa in, in front of him or next to him. Um, so that's why in some situations they, they, uh, create these counter, counter attacks, but then they don't do anything with it. And I, I, I could see them, uh, against Dublin having a lot of, um, uh, counter attack situations in the, in the final third, but then, uh, don't shooting at, uh, or they, they don't shoot at target or, or do, don't do anything basically with it. So, um, or they might get, you know, pick up some steam and score four goals. Who knows? Uh, we have to hope that, that won't happen, but yeah, it, it, I think in terms of like turnovers and and threatening counterattacks, I think it might get worse compared to the Augsburg match because it's Atletico and they are five class, uh, you know, they, they are five levels above Augsburg. I think. Yeah, definitely. If there are any sound engineers out there, uh, I would like to order um, a sad pieces jingle because I think that's what's going to happen to them. And I think they will 100% at least concede one set piece goal against Atletico. I just don't think that um, they will have the time to find any defensive organization. Um, so far, their set piece defending hasn't always been that great. And uh, with Akanji out there and uh, probably a little bit of a newly f- formatted defense, I-, I think they're going to struggle even more. Especially if Favre elects to play Weigel. But will he though, Matthias? What do you think is, is Favre going to draw on the, uh, team sheet against Atletico? Who do you think, or what kind of approach do you think he will take? Oh boy. Um, I think it'll partially be dictated by who starts against Stuttgart and how many minutes they play. Um, I, I don't foresee Favre changing from a 4231 um you know Weigel may is intriguing against uh against um Atletico of course Atletico will will do a very aggressive press deeper in their own half which could play in Julian Weigel's favor to a certain degree well, if you um, can move the chains like in good old days then yes yeah yeah um is honestly, I don't know. I, you know, I'd be totally, totally throwing darts against the wall because it, to me, it comes down to who plays against Stuttgart. I think if it's Delaney and Witzel against Stuttgart, then I wouldn't be surprised if it's Weigel and Witzel against Atletico as a pivot. Okay. Konstantin, same question to you. How do you think Faber will approach this game also from a tactical standpoint? No, it's same as always, uh, four to three one or something, and basically um, separating his team, cutting his team into two parts. One is the 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 back six and uh, the front four. All right, so um, 
let's say the Augsburg game was a little bit of a freak game just because I think Dortmund were tired. Augsburg were very aggressive and uh, caught Dortmund just on the wrong foot. I think uh, if Dortmund were in, in better shape and quote-unquote fresher, uh, it wouldn't have been that kind of freak game. I, I think it would have been a more comfortable win for Dortmund. Um, especially if we think back three weeks, er uh, three days earlier or four days, I don't even know which day exactly it was, but, um, Dortmund won 3 0 against Monaco. Obviously, Monaco are not where Atletico are right now. They are a team that is, uh, yeah, really ailing in, uh, the French division being somewhere in the relegation zone, just uh, fired their coach and, uh, replace him with uh, Thierry Henry. Um, nevertheless, it was an impressive performance by Dortmund against Monaco. It was a very mature performance. It was a very uh, controlled performance. They did not uh, want to have any havoc or panic. They wanted this game to be very organized, uh, kept their cool and eventually struck and then sort of won the game by dominating as leaders. That was, to me, very impressive and, and showed a lot of maturity even though there are a lot of young players in this team and also against Monaco so um Matthias do you think that especially in the Champions League we will see that sort of face from Dortmund now that we uh, can expect them to be a little bit more mature especially in home soil be be calm and collected or do you think that uh, they will panic a little bit I mean if we look at the first game against Bruges, that wasn't all that calm, controlled, or whatever. That was uh, that was a little bit messy. So, what do you think we'll get from Dortmund? From a, I, I guess, type of composure. Well, I think it'll only get better. Uh, I do have some concerns given trying to figure out the back four at the moment with Akanji being out. Uh, that's a big loss, of course. When it comes to that composure, I always fear. Toprak because he can have great matches and then he has those matches where I just feel like he he's he's scared of having the ball near him at times even though I feel like that fear is 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 gone overall from the squad this season so I think there's there's no reason to not believe it's not even going to get better from a composure standpoint. They have more confidence now. They've had some good results. They've had to fight back in a few matches. They've had tough matches where they came out as winners. They know they can score and kick it into another gear. So I don't, I don't foresee any panic or issues arising. They've come back uh, in situations where you would think they would lose and they haven't. So I think that definitely plays into it. So I have no concerns when it comes to that. I'm not worried about panic at all. All right, then another question where I will sort of give the answer while uh, saying the question, Matthias. Um, but do you think, um, especially after the uh, Augsburg game, but also um, the uh, Leverkusen game, that we can talk about Factor Westfalenstadion again? Because in Leverkusen, um, the atmosphere provided by Dortmund fans was spectacular. They were really vocal, they were loud, and you can sort of... I feel like the, the the fans and the team are, are bonding again, and especially against Augsburg after Gregoritsch equalized. It was just deafening in the Westfalenstadion. It was so loud, and you could just feel how the hope of the fans that they would get a late winner really turned into a belief, obviously fueled by the recent record of Dortmund scoring a lot of late goals. So do you think that now 
opposed to last season where we had banners that said, you know, no one embodies Borussia Dortmund as little as you after a lost derby, for example, that the Westfalen Stadion is becoming a fortress again and that even a team like, like Atletico will uh, sort of feel that heat and, and, and pressure and, and uh, atmosphere. Do you think that's something Dortmund actually can count on now? Because it was a little bit stale, let's say, last season. I, I totally agree with that. And and the banner you referenced to me was one of the most embarrassing moments last season for Dortmund supporters. Um, because it just, there have been enough sports psychological studies out there that when you get, as a player, gets booed and abused by their home crowd, they psychologically check out more and play less productively that being uh, said and, they won for nothing in that game against Liga. no i no i know but conversely when you uh and honestly i think a lot of the players didn't even notice that in the beginning um and there are plenty of players who don't speak german fluently so probably didn't even know what the hell that was um but then conversely obviously they get an adrenaline push when they get pushed by their home crowd or by traveling supporters um that are very very vocal there's no doubt about it with atletico it'll be interesting because aside from you know when maybe they play against real or when they play against barcelona the spanish league isn't known for the types of atmospheres you get in the bundesliga in general and then in dortmund in particular uh i mean there's so many la liga matches that are virtually empty uh so i that'll definitely play into it for dortmund positively i don't know if it's going to have a massive negative effect on atletico because there are a lot of seasoned veterans in there that i don't think will necessarily get phased by that as much uh but they they will it's human nature they will get impressed by it so i think there is definitely an advantage a home field advantage for dortmund this season again like in the past All right, same question over to you, uh, Constantine. Do you think that uh, maybe not... Let's maybe not focus on the negative impact it could have on, on Atletico, but do you think that the 12 men, the proverbial 12 men, uh, will give this Dortmund side a, a boost in, in in the coming weeks just because of how the season went so far? Uh, it depends on the opponent, uh, quite frankly. So I it's just Atletico is, uh, is, uh, is used to... Uh, playing hostile crowds um, in Spain and internationally, um, and they can do well um, in, in away matches. Of course, when they play, I mean, when they played in the Calderon, uh, there was a pretty great crowd to have. But even then, they, I mean, sometimes they lost at home, um, and they won crucial matches uh, in, in other stadiums where the where the crowd was pretty much against them. And Diego Simeone is the type of guy um, who actually likes these situations where the entire stadium is against him, the Oliver Kahn type of, of um, footballer or coach now. Um, yeah. So okay. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe against, against... Sorry, sorry if I might budge uh. in. Who of, you, who of uh, you both just earlier called him the Darth Vader of football if it weren't for Mourinho? Who said that? That was me. That was me. Okay. All right, then carry on, Constantine. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, maybe against some teams, but I don't know. I it's just I like to analyze matches, and I don't really know what that kind of what the impact of something like that has or doesn't have. So maybe in some matches uh, it can help the team to get the get these uh, 
five percent uh, that you this additional five percent you sometimes need. But on the other hand, if you're you know if your body is at one hundred percent, fans can scream as as much as they want. That will won't change anything because it's it's still you know football is more science than than religion. Yeah, though I, I wonder why there is no expected atmosphere value on Spielverlagerung, Konstantin. That's uh, certainly a minus on your side. Anyway, I, I guess that sort of wraps it up, right? So I think we've covered it pretty much. Uh, otherwise, we have to speculate just a lot about potential players and injuries because who knows how they get out of the Stuttgart game. So yet again... For people, the chance to win this uh, flyer next to me. Um, and Konstantin, what's your prediction for the Atletico, Atletico Dortmund game or Dortmund Atletico game? 2-2. Two, two, two. Two, two. That's a nice score and a good game. Matthias? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with 2-1 for Atletico. All right. I think it's not going to be... Uh, I don't know. I I actually had two two written down before, so I'm just gonna agree with Konstantin for all time's sake. Anyway, so that's it <laughs> for episode 250. Thank you again for coming on, and obviously people out there listening, Matthias. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Matiasuk. And thank you again for everybody who subscribes, uh, listens, reads on the website, supports on Patreon. I mean, 250 episodes. That's pretty crazy, I have to say. Didn't think about that it's over six years ago when this whole thing started. So thank you again, everybody, for listening and supporting us. Yes, a very big milestone, of course. And uh, I have to say, I think that the biggest way in the... Uh the way you can support us is still by just sharing the show with friends and, and fellow Borussia Dortmund fans. I think that's uh, the way to go for helping us get a little bit more reach. Uh, Constantine, now time to help yourself to get some reach. How can people get in touch with you and uh, find your work? Uh, just check out Twitter. Uh, CC underscore ECKNER. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say just Twitter.com. You'll find me. <laughs> yeah, ch just check out Twitter.com. All right, yeah, on Twitter.com, you can also find me if you type in slash Stefan Botsko. That's my name and my Twitter handle. And if you want to read my written work, then go on ESPNFC.com and file, look for the Dortmund section there. That's where my stuff usually is because I don't write much about Schalke or so. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with all of us, please go to Twitter or Facebook. Yellow Wallpot is our respective panel and if you want to go to the website go on yellowwallpot.com our ways to or your ways to subscribe to our show are still soundcloud stitcher and itunes and uh, i've heard recently that winamp are trying a comeback i don't know if there is going to be a podcast app but maybe something to keep in the back of our minds good old winamp getting slightly nostalgic here with my 3 million mp3s that i don't have anymore anyway so yeah that was episode 250 uh thank you again for listening financial support please goes to patreon.com slash the wall and that's all goodbye <laughs> yeah my my wife just hit the hit the dortmund 
button that we have. I, I, I once wanted a pub quiz, so that's here now. Anyway, until next week, goodbye.